Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Eight minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock as hour number two gets underway on this Wednesday, the second morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2022. A lot of ground to cover here in the final hour, so we're going to dive right into it without a lot of pageantry. I want you to hear the insanity. It's not insanity. I mean, honestly, it's just... I, and I hate being this gruff and this um, cruel, but I can't think of any other way to do it or say it. I want you to hear this stupidity from Kamala Harris. I mean, th- this this woman, if she's not the dumbest human being ever to occupy one of the two top offices in the land in uh, in in the in an administration, I, I, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine anyone worse. I mean, her inability to communicate at a level above. I don't know, junior high, dare I say, primary school. I'm not making this up. She did an appearance. This is the latest. I've played for you her word salads before, how embarrassing they are. Um, But this is worse than that. This is when she gets into the part where she's supposed to describe something or explain something to someone else. And we've seen this in one of the other, hey, let's restore Kamala's reputation and her likability because 99% of America cannot stand listening to her. Every word she says sounds like she's about to cry because she, she has that shake in her voice. Every single word. Then she can't think of what to say, so she just mashes a bunch of words and sentences together and then smiles and says and nods their head and giggles. <laughs> That's it, right? So they tried to rehabilitate her. They put her in a in a room with, I don't know, a bunch of sixth or seventh graders, and she talked to them like they were first graders. You remember this? It was about two, three months ago, and it's they're trying to rehab her and make her likable and relatable, and all it did was make her look dumb. She doesn't know how to talk at, at the right level to anybody. Now, the latest, she did this appearance on uh, something called the the Morning Hustle. And I don't know what it is, if it's a radio show or a podcast or, or, or what. I don't care. But the host of this thing asked her to describe what's going on in Ukraine. Now, one would expect that the vice president of the United States, who, by the way, was sent to Europe in advance of the invasion of the Russians into Ukraine, to try to negotiate and use diplomacy and the threat of sanctions against Vladimir Putin, you would think that she would have the ability to, to, to convey this in a way that is, I don't know, responsible and respectful to the audience. Instead, her explanation of what's going on in Ukraine was, was 
as if it was intended for second graders. Now, I want you to picture yourself with a, with about a six- or a seven-year-old, and you were trying to describe to them, for whatever reason, what was going on with Russia and Ukraine. How would you break it down for them? Now, literally, I want you to ponder this before I play the clip. It's very short. How would you explain to a six- or seven-year-old what, what Ukraine and Russia are and what's going on? If you think about how you would explain something to a very young child who doesn't know anything about these things, it would probably sound something like this, wouldn't it? So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Am I, am I missing? Am I missing something here? Did I misstate it? Did I oversell it? I don't think so. Isn't that about how you would describe something to a little child? Not a listening audience of adult American voters. Um, Ukraine is a country that's in Europe, and. Um, you know, there's Russia, which is another country in Europe, which is a bigger country, and it's more powerful. And um, the bigger country, Russia, decided to invade a smaller country, Ukraine, and that's wrong. This is the vice president. Heartbeat away. Foreign policy guru who went to Europe to try to deter this thing? She cannot express herself in terms that adults can can possibly understand. She speaks like she is, I mean, she like she's the child, much less trying to explain something to a child. I mean, I, I've never heard anybody as bad at, well, everything as Kamala Harris. She is the absolute insurance policy that nobody tries to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Joe Biden for incompetence. She's the insurance policy, because if Joe Biden gets booted via 25, she takes the top job. Kamala, tell us what's going on. What's the latest in Ukraine? So... Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. (laughs) I, I should not be laughing, but I don't know what else to do. I feel like punching myself. How did we allow this in our country? How did we allow this bubblehead to be the second most powerful person in the world? One heartbeat away. And by the way, that heart may not be long for this world. The heart that's beating in Joe Biden, you've seen him. You've heard him. You see what he's like. I don't know how much longer he's got. And I don't say that disrespectfully. That's just an observation. He doesn't look like a healthy man. Am I right or am I wrong? And with a very unhealthy old man in the, in the presidency, the phrase heartbeat away means something very, very different. 
And if this is the bubblehead that is is waiting in the wings, we are absolutely screwed. I wish I could put it a different way, but you heard her. This is how she explains things. Because I promise you in her head, that's how she understands it. She's trying to think to herself, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine is in Europe. It's in Eastern Russia, Russia, bigger, stronger, powerful, um, invaded, um, wrong. In her head, that's how she puts things together. Because you've heard her. I've got so much more to do and say here, but I promised I want to hear from you, and I do. So let's go to the phones. I, I'm just—I I do. I feel like—I feel I'm so—I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed to have that person representing us on the world stage. And by the way, I know the left is going to say you're embarrassed by that. Imagine how embarrassed we were by Trump on the world stage. All Trump did on the world stage was project strength and project American uh, superiority and American. The American way of life, which we like to protect as America first, is superior. There's a reason why we are the greatest force for good and the greatest country in the history of human civilization. It's true. It's just that very few others are willing to say it. He said it and said, if you want our help and you want our support, you can have it after we take care of ourselves first. It's America first, everybody else second. And if the left is embarrassed by that, fine. But what it did? It kept America's most powerful enemies at bay. For four years, they didn't even sniff trouble. They didn't, they didn't even hint at going into Ukraine or lobbying any more missiles from North Korea or any of the threats that they, we were getting from, uh, from Iran uh, uh, during uh, the Obama years. Not even a hint of it. And this is the embarrassment that we suffer right now with her on the world stage. All right. Um, Brian is in Cleveland. Brian, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob, always a pleasure. You know, Kelly Bundy makes more sense than that buffoon does. But anyhow. <laughs> That's all said. Anyhow, I was uh, listening to the liberal mouthpiece that's on before you. and he... uh, Brian? And all over. Bri- Brian? Endorsement from- yes. But yeah, you cut out there. Your phone glitched, and we didn't hear much of what you said. Try that again. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, anyway, I said the uh, liberal mouthpiece that's on before you had Jane Simpkin on this morning, and he was just slobbering all over her endorsement from Rob Portman, saying that, you know, she's the best thing for Ohio. She's what Ohio's all about. Uh, how she helped make the uh, the Intel uh, thing in Columbus come to reality, and she's going to be the next senator for Ohio. I just thought maybe you want to comment about that. You just want to get me in trouble, don't you? You just want me to get myself in trouble. <laughs> Um, look, uh, I'll, I'll, and Brian, thanks for the call. I'll refrain from saying anything about that specific interview, uh, out of respect for my friend and colleague. And I really mean that for whom I do have a great deal of respect, a great deal. And Hugh Hewitt's not a liberal. He's just in my view, he's not a diehard conservative. In fact, he'll tell you that he calls himself center right. Okay. And I'm fine. And then that's where I'm going to leave that. And if his opinion is that the bumbling, stumbling, I support uh, um, um, Anthony Gonzalez after his vote for impeachment of Donald Trump without due process, Jane Timken is, is right for the state of Ohio, right for the United States Senate, then that's his opinion. And that's all I'll say about it from, from that vantage point. I will say many things about Jane Timken. 
you know I will say many things about Jane Timken. I interviewed Jane Timken right after uh, 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 she made those statements about Anthony, Anthony Gonzalez, when she argued that he did have a rational reason for voting to impeach. I interviewed her right after. She said that she isn't sure how she would have voted on impeachment. She's not sure. I watched her lead the Ohio Republican Party into a state of, I don't know, shall we say corruption and confusion and rhino... I'm going to try to make a word out of this. What would be the state of being a rhino? Uh, Rhinorosity. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? The rhino nature of Jane Timken, that Republican in name only, I mean, it fits her to AT. She was an absentee landlord in, in charge of the Ohio Republican Party. She did nothing to bring unity to the strength of this state that is the Ohio Republican Party. I mean, this is a red state. Let's let's not color it any other way. Let's not portray it any other way. It's a red state. We have super majorities in both houses of the General Assembly. 61-38 on the House side, 25-8 on the Senate side. We are a red state. And she and her party and her leadership could do nothing to stop Mike DeWine from destroying this state. She could have and should have used her influence with leadership in the House and in the Senate in Columbus to stop and and pass with veto-proof majorities um, the, the end of Mike DeWine's policies, particularly during COVID. Jane Timken, weak, feckless rhino, period. And when she did what she did with Anthony Gonzalez essentially condemning Donald Trump to an impeachment trial in the Senate, quote, for a rational reason, and she's not sure how she would have voted. Somebody asks me about Anthony Gonzalez's vote, and what would you have done? Would you have voted for impeachment to send that to the the Senate for a trial or not? The sentence isn't even over with before I'm saying, hell no. Impeached for what? First of all, we heard his words from the stage at the January 6th rally in which he told everyone to peacefully and patriotically go down to the Capitol and make your voices heard to the brave men and women who are, who are fighting to protect our democracy. Number one. And number two, even if you don't see it that way, then you have to go through the process of an impeachment in the House. You have to call witnesses. You have to give the uh, president and his team an opportunity to defend before you have a vote to send it to the trial, like they did the first time with their bogus impeachment over Russian collusion and, and the Ukrainian phone call. They know the process, but they couldn't follow the process because tick-tock, 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 we were coming up closer and closer and closer to the inauguration of Joe Biden, and once Trump is no longer the president, they can't impeach anyway. It's, 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 it's useless. It's pointless. So they had to quickly rush this thing through. They couldn't actually do a trial or do the, um, uh, the hearings on the House side that are required before they send it to the Senate for a trial. That's called due process. So they skipped due process and said, let's vote. Everybody want to impeach? I, nay, and away we go. Somebody asked me how I would vote in that. I scream, hell no. Due process matters. Anthony Gonzalez threw due process out 
I interviewed him the day after his vote. And I think most people remember that interview as the beginning of the end of Anthony Gonzalez's career, which is over now. And then I interviewed Jane Timken shortly after she announced for Senate and asked her about that vote and asked her what her remarks were, asked her to defend them. And I hope and think that that will be the end of Jane Timken's political career as well. Hugh Hewitt's interview with her, Rob Portman's endorsement of her, notwithstanding. Quite frankly, it doesn't surprise me that Portman endorsed her, because Portman is just about as useless as it gets anyway. Another rhino who wants a rhino to replace him. That's just reality. I have got a lot of choices in the Ohio Republican Senate primary. Jane Timken is not one of them. See, I knew you just wanted to get me in trouble. Thanks for that call. I'll be right back. Ten twenty-six. Let's get a few more phone calls in. Collinwood, Steve, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, and what she said. Yeah, it's like when Jimmy. That's like liberal think because when like when Jimmy Carter was president and the Ayatollahs took over the embassy, he was quoting the first thing he said is, is, "Do they realize what they're doing is wrong?" So they're looking for against brutal dictators. They're looking for the moral tweak in it, you know. And there is no moral tweak with, uh, you know, brutal dictators. They have to be either either confronted or uh, you lose on the battlefield. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you on that moral aspect of it. But but to me, the takeaway from that those remarks isn't any any intention about making a moral statement about what's right or wrong and trying to tell the dictator they're wrong. It's just the extraordinary. ignorance that she that is on display as she tries to make sense of what's going on in Ukraine and the way she had to talk through it in the in the in the words of a second grader so that she can understand it and explain it that's what's so embarrassing well yeah you can't fix stupid but uh, I watched last night mm-hmm. on the TV I, I started to watch on channel 5 uh, I gotta say he did look healthier they got a lot of makeup on him and with it, they stopped the shaking a little bit he looked a lot steadier so I, you know his message was the same garbage that they, you know, all this stuff. It sounded Republican, some of it, you know. Oh yeah, a lot of it. it. A lot yeah, of it. A lot of it was a lot of it was Republican talking points, like like police. He said, "We got to fund the police, not defund the police," as if that's been the policy of him and his party when when they have been screaming for for two years now to defund the police ever since George Floyd. Right, they'll say it, but they'll never they'll never provide or do anything. In fact, they'll do the opposite. But I got to say that uh, halfway through it. On Channel 6, on the Great Channel, uh, Kurt Russell was stabbing people, and uh, Brian Keith, was uh, the sheriff, was after him to get hung. So it was between the leader of the free world in, in uh, Depends or Kurt <laughs> Russell and Brian Keith, and I think you know which one I took. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's go to um, Cheryl in Lakewood. Cheryl, you're on AM 1420. The answer, good morning. Go right ahead. Good morning. Yeah, as a, as a black conservative... I think something has to be said about what Kamala Harris, uh, how Kamala Harris behaved. Remember that the, the show that she was talking to, The Morning Hustle, that has a black audience. And her 
speaking as if she were speaking to two-year-olds, people who just did not have the mental intellect to understand anything, you know, above a sixth grade, a six-year-old level. That's what the Democrats think of us, of black voters. They think we're stupid. They think they have to speak to us as if we're stupid. She would never have sat on a show with a white audience and spoke with that level of contempt for their intellect as she did on this show. And she did it because it's a black audience and she thinks that she can get away with speaking to blacks as if we are idiots. And it infuriates me to no end. Cheryl, you are right to be infuriated and I am in your debt because I didn't know that. I, I As I said when I introduced yes. the clip, I don't know what the morning hustle is. I don't know if it's radio, podcast, or whatever. I've never heard of it. So I didn't know it was a primarily black audience black type of show. show. It's a black radio show with a black audience and that's why she's that wow. way and just <laughs> you have no idea how angry i am about this i have some idea i have some idea and i'm so glad to hear you say it i i've i've been waiting and i say this from time to time and if you listen to me cheryl any with any regularity you've probably heard me say when is black america going to rise up and say stop treating us like we're idiots to the democrats particularly when it comes to voter id oh voter id requirement means black people won't get to vote because black people of course are incapable of getting identification it's insulting, and I'm waiting for black people to rise up and say, stop insulting our intellect like we can't do stuff that white people can do. So what you just told me about this being a black audience and that being the likely reason she spoke on such a low elementary level to the audience, th- you're doing what I said. You're, you're, you're a part of black America that's tired of being condescended to by liberal Democrats. Oh, I'm, I'm a huge Trump supporter, so <laughs> I'm in the right camp. Cheryl, God bless you. Thank you so much for your phone call. All I can say is... Can you dig it? Always right. Right back after the news. upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer 1037 you know not to say that there weren't uh flubs excuse me not to to say there weren't flubs from uh the walking gaffe machine that is joe biden during the uh, speech yesterday because there were there were plenty of them there's no no doubt about that let me be clear our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies in the event that Putin decides to keep moving west. I would hope we're not going to Eastern Europe to fight Ukraine. because Our fellow Ukrainian Americans who forged the deep bond that connects our two nations, we stand with you. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Yeah. He'll the, never, he'll never the, extinguish the, the, their love of freedom. The Iranian people, boy, the Iranians have a lot, uh, a lot at stake here in the, uh, in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. No, no doubt about that. For the past 40 years, we were told that tax break for those at the top and benefits would trickle down and everyone would, would benefit. But that trickle-down theory led to a weaker economic growth. Lower wages, bigger deficits, and a widening gap between the top 
and everyone else in, in, in nearly a century. Except for the fact that trickle-down economics is what provided us with the greatest economic growth after the Democrat Jimmy Carter economic calamity that we have ever seen. The eight years of Reagan and the four years of George W. Bush using that trickle-down economic theory did help everybody. All boats rise with a rising tide, and that's exactly what we found with trade. So anyway, there, there, there's enough of the flubs from, uh, from Joe Biden yesterday. We used to invest almost 2% of our GDP in research and development. We don't now. Can't. China is. Can't. China is. What? What are you talking about? But we at least you didn't get... True international pressure. I didn't hear any... If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Or... You have no caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> it didn't get that bad. So from the standpoint, because I bring all this up because a previous caller said he looked stronger last night. Healthier. It's true. Now, I don't know what they gave him. I, I have to believe there's medication involved, not just saying that's anything wrong with that. He's a nearly 80-year-old man who is not in great shape, who is not very mentally, uh, cognitively um, uh, in tune any longer. So whatever they gave him to help focus him and make him look and appear stronger, I get it. No problem with that. What I do have a problem with, however, is the dishonesty. And moreover, I have a problem with the people who have analyzed Biden's State of the Union speech yesterday and did not understand a lot of what he said, particularly as it pertains to immigration. Nobody talked about this. In fact, those who did actually misunderstood it. Now, I'm going to play this for you after I give you this little bit of a... uh, I told you at the start of the show I was giving you a little bit of the Time Magazine recap. This is one of the uh, uh, short paragraphs in the Time Magazine recap. He garnered bipartisan applause for saying the solution to protecting communities is not to defund the police, but to fund the police with resources and training. Now, again, I'll just stop there only to say, obviously, that's aimed at the November midterm elections. He knows full well that his entire party has stood for defunding the police. They're still saying it, as a matter of fact, even though he himself might not be. He, this is fully a, a GOP talking point. Fund the police, don't, de- don't defund the police. So... Just, again, hypocrisy and dishonesty there about what he and they really stand for. But now here we get to the to the next, the money line here. He likewise gained GOP ovations for arguing the government needs to secure the border. He spoke of the need to increase the number of judges available to hear asylum cases, ad-libbing from his prepared remarks that those who are not legitimately here can be sent back. Biden said schools should stay open, a stance many Republicans have held for the greater part of the last two years. He also acknowledged that inflation, which may be a crippling vulnerability for Democrats in the midterms, is robbing families. Now, this is what I want to say about that, and I want you to understand about that. Again, the best parts of his speech last night were the parts in which he echoed Republican policy and turned away from the radical squad policies and the radical Soros globalist policies. It's extraordinarily important to understand that. And specifically when it comes to the immigration issue, this is the one I wanted to play for you that people said, oh, yeah, he finally addressed immigration. First of all, it's hypocritical. Second of all, it is completely um, 
transparent. In other words, he has no intention whatsoever on cracking down on the border. Otherwise, he would have done it sometime in the last 12 months in which more than 2 million illegal aliens crossed. 2 million! And he knew it was happening. He intentionally signed an order to stop the construction of the wall. He intentionally signed an order to eliminate the Remain in Mexico policy. He was sued for that and forced to implement it again only because the courts told him to. But he literally intentionally erased our border with Mexico to allow people from all over the world to come across that border unchecked. And some people say he finally addressed it. Well, saying something about it in the State of the Union speech is completely pointless unless it's followed with an order or a policy shift. And there is no policy shift. So that's number one. And number two, and this is equally as important, is the things that he said don't secure our border anyway. Listen. We used to invest almost 2% of our GDP in research and development. Sorry, that's not the right clip. That's not what should be playing. Let's try to At our border, we've installed new technology like cutting-edge scanners to better detect drug smuggling. Stop. What does that mean? He is basically admitting we are not trying to have barriers or scanners to stop illegal aliens from crossing just to identify the ones that are drug smugglers. We want to try to stop them. Everybody else, free to come. Nobody pointed that out. His emphasis was on stopping the illegal drug, but not the illegal crossings, period. More. We've set up joint patrols in Mexico and Guatemala to catch more human traffickers. Stop. We want to stop more human traffickers. Ooh, gee, somebody told him that Americans are livid with the fact that there's a record amount of fentanyl and other drugs crossing our border since you took office and a record number of human trafficking victims. So you got to throw that in there as just a little bone to the people who hate what I'm doing down there. We're trying to stop human trafficking and drugs. But we're not trying to stop illegal crossings themselves, are we, Mr. President? We're putting in place dedicated immigration judges in significant larger number so families fleeing persecution and violence can have their cases heard faster and those who don't legitimately hear can be sent back. That's the line. You started to hear the applause there. Even some of the idiot Republicans in that chamber yesterday applauded that. But what did he really say? He said we're having more judges put in place to hear the cases of those seeking asylum from persecution in their home countries. What does that mean? That means everybody's staying. Because none of them are fleeing actual persecution. They're fleeing Haiti because it's what President Trump lovingly called a blank hole. They're poor. They're fleeing Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador. Not because they're being persecuted for their religion or for politics, but because they're poor. That's not a reason to get asylum. That's a reason to apply for legal immigration. We need to get out of this country and into a better one, and we got to do it legally. So what he's saying here is we need to get more judges, and that's what we're doing, so that we can process their cases faster. And what does process their cases mean in Biden world? It means letting more people stay. 
And then he threw that little bone, which was described by Time magazine as an ad lib. It was not part of his prepared remarks. Again, this is a nod toward the midterms, just to try to ease some of the pain that they're going to suffer because everybody knows they've ignored the border, and everybody knows they're not deporting anybody. So he threw this little ad lib in Those who don't legitimately here can be sent back. Those who aren't legitimately here can be sent back. But what does that mean? It means virtually everybody stays because they're legitimately here seeking asylum, which is what the law says they can do. And, of course, that's not what it says. Asylum means people fleeing persecution, political or religious persecution, not just because jobs stink over there, they want a better opportunity here. That's what legal immigration is for. A little more. We're screening, we're securing commitments and supporting partners in South and Central America to host more refugees and secure their own borders. We can do all this while keeping lit the Why would you tell them to secure their borders when you won't secure ours? You unimaginable, brandonized hypocrite. How can you tell our partners to secure their own borders when you won't do it here? ...of liberty that has led the generation of immigrants to this land, my forebears and many of yours, provide a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those of temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Again, again, the hypocrisy is so thick, I can't bear it. How many dreamers do you think there are in foreign countries right now who would love to come here and are waiting legally? They have filed their papers, and they're waiting for the process to get to them. They dream of coming to the United States as a legal resident and then citizen. The dream, You think the only dreamers are the ones who were brought here by their illegal parents, and then uh, they were born here. Or no, they, no, the ones who were born here actually are uh, uh, citizens by birthright, which is another issue, but nonetheless. But no, but the ones who were dragged here by their parents, and this is the only country they know, so they should be allowed to stay. They dream. These are the dreamers as a part of Obama's Dream Act. Well, guess what? There's a lot of dreamers around the world who would like, like to come here whose parents didn't break the law. So his little tiny, itsy-bitsy nod toward the southern border and immigration problems yesterday during that speech is just so misunderstood. He did not say, I want to crack down on the border. He did not say, I want to close the border. He did not say, I want to stop illegal aliens from coming across. He said specifically, I want to stop the drugs who are coming across, and I want to stop the human traffickers that are coming across, and that's it. Everybody else, I want to steamroll their way across that border. We're going to give them expedited hearings on their asylum cases, tell them all you're welcome to stay here, put them on planes and buses, and drop them off in American cities across this country. Joe Biden should be impeached for his surrender of national sovereignty and his complete ignorance of national security. What he has done on that border is a crime. And the fact that there are some Republicans who listen to him give a little bit of attention to it yesterday, completely ignoring what he was actually saying, those Republicans who applauded, y'all ought to be primary the hell out of Washington, D.C. This is simply unacceptable. Final segment completely saying, those Republicans who applauded, y'all ought to be primary the hell out of Washington, D.C. This is simply unacceptable. Final segment coming up. More of your calls right after this. 
Okay, 10.53. Got time, uh, yeah, a little more time than we normally do for the final segment here. Time to squeeze in maybe two, three, four calls here. Let's go rapid fire and see what we get. We'll go to Independence first. Kevin is on AM 1420, The Answer. Kevin, go right ahead. Hey, Bob, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank Thank you. you. Um, Two things. The State of the Union that... um, the things that were said have been touched on, but I think the most important things were things that were not said. Like what? First, Afghanistan was the USA's longest war, correct? 20 years? Yes, sir. We left that after, we left that six months ago. We withdrew from the country's longest war, and we didn't even mention it in the State of the Union. Why? Because he botched it so badly, he's hoping people forget about it if he doesn't talk about it. And he ignored the 13 young Americans who died in the withdrawal. They gave their lives following orders. They deserve to be recognized and remembered by the commander-in-chief. Second, the U.S. is helping to finance Russia's war effort against Ukraine. How? By buying 595,000 barrels of oil every day from Russia. That's we, right. You know, we released 30,000 barrels from our strategic reserves. Well, that, that's three days' worth of usage. Bob, we only had 34 days' worth of reserves when it's full. So we've just dropped our reserves down to 31 days, and it'll have no impact on prices. That's all I've no. got. Appreciate it. Thanks. No, thank, thank you for the call, Kevin. I appreciate it. Both points, phenomenal. And you're right. The reason he didn't bring up the Afghanistan withdrawal is because it was a disaster, and 13 U.S. service members lost their lives because of the chaotic uh, withdrawal that, that Joe Biden and Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley oversaw. It was a disaster. How extraordinary was it that he didn't go up there last night and offer an apology just to say, if nothing else, to say, when we facilitated our withdrawal from Afghanistan, 13 American servicemen and women lost their lives. And for them, we pray and we offer our, their families our condolences. Thank you for fighting and surviving, and, or not surviving, but fighting and, and for serving, rather, as heroes. Um, it is something that is terribly regrettable. Uh, something to offer some compassion would have been called for there. But he didn't want to do that because that would have called attention to the, to their deaths. And he's hoping desperately that Americans will forget that, that 13 service members died because of his incompetence. You know who didn't forget? Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert is one of the most outspoken young freshman congresswomen, uh, along with Marjorie Taylor Greene, maybe a couple of others, that they hate so much because they refuse to fall in line and they refuse to be checked. And one of them, or Lauren Boebert specifically, uh, while Joe Biden was talking about people coming home in flag-draped coffins, she couldn't hold it back. She said this. Listen. These burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world, never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that would put them in a flag-draped coffin. I know. One of those... Did you hear it? She yelled, 13! And the, the Democrat side booed, and oh my gosh, how dare you? How dare you what? Recognize 13 American lives lost in a withdrawal from the longest war? 
because of the incompetence of the commander-in-chief? How dare her? Thirteen, she said. You killed 13 of them, and you didn't even acknowledge it. So great point on the first part of that call, and then the second part of that call uh, as well, uh, equally equally as important. We are funding the Russian effort against Ukraine because, as we said, 540,000 barrels a day coming from Russia to the United States. The Keystone XL pipeline that he killed on day one would have produced 830,000 barrels a day. We are choosing to buy Russian oil rather than use American oil. That is a Biden choice. We were energy independent under Trump. What we are now is dependent on our enemies. Think about that. That's the state of our union, Joe Biden. Um, we'll go to um, Brexville. Jerry, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Jerry, go ahead, sir. Hi ho, hi ho. Biden, Harris, Pelosi have to go. Bob, I turned the speech on last night just to get a feel of it. Mm-hmm. And when I saw those two idiots in the background, it's bad enough looking at Biden. I turned it off. I couldn't take it. And also to me, inflation is very important to me, but I also think immigration is right equal with that. How many of those immigrants would put on a uniform if we got in trouble to protect our country like we did in 1940s and so forth? Go on back to that. And I also think those 31 Democrats not going up for re-election, not that they're tired of that, or they don't like Biden's policies. And I think Cheney and Romney should go with them. Well, you That's know, all I have to say. <laughs> Jerry, you said a mouthful. Thank you for the call, good sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's talking about the 31 Democrat incumbents so far in Congress who are not running for re-election because they know they're going to get swallowed up by the red tsunami. And he is saying because they don't agree with Biden either. Thanks, everyone, for great conversations today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for great conversations today. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go, Brandon.